You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. On today's podcast, we're going to take you around the league with Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and Cordell Stewart. Stewart. Spotlight the Panthers with their radio voice, Mick Mixon. Provide your playing with science check down. But let's kick off the podcast with Peter King of the MMQB. Now, it's time for 2010 National Sports Writer of the Year, Peter King from MMQB on the NFL on TuneIn. Peter, this game between the Eagles and the Rams has been extraordinary. Tough to see Carson Wentz go down with a knee injury. What stood out to you so far? Man, what a what a what a football game! I I just kept thinking to myself as this game is going on, I hope this is the NFC Championship game, and yet there are four or five other teams in the NFC that you see are so good too, and you know to me I think this is, I what I what I've thought of as this as this day has gone on. Quite honestly, you see the uh, you know the Chargers playing so well on offense, the Chiefs regaining uh, their stride a little bit. You see all this and you say, we're going to have an incredible January. I mean, we, we th- there's the potential right now for eight or ten teams to be very serious Super Bowl contenders, you know, based on what we're seeing today. And, I mean, the Jaguars to play this well on defense, uh, e- even though they've given up some late points to Seattle, it's been really an incredible football game in Jacksonville as well as in Los Angeles. Peter, let's go back to the, the game against uh, the Jackson Jaguars and Seattle Seahawks. Right now, the Jags lead, and they have the ball 30-24. When you watch this game, what, who did you learn more about, the Seattle Seahawks and their fortitude or the Jacksonville Jaguars and their resilience? Well, that's a great question, Nick. I mean, to me, I, I've, I, I'm so impressed with what I've seen of the Seahawks uh, over the last, uh, you know, two or three weeks since they lost both Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor, and obviously they're missing Cliff Averill. So they go on the road against this great defense, you know, a defense that is very much like Seattle was in its prime. And you see them, and then you see Jacksonville come out and put 30 up on them. And so I, I just... Every time we all want to say, well, Jacksonville's got a good defense, but they'll never win in January because of the because of Bortles. Well, I, I'm not so sure about that now. So, I, you know, this was – I probably learned more and I was more impressed with Jacksonville just because they got into a heavyweight bout uh, against a Super Bowl champion and they were going to come out on top. Taking around the league with our good friend Peter King from the MMQB. Peter, three weeks ago I asked you, beyond New England and Pittsburgh, who's the third best team in the AFC? You mentioned the L.A. Chargers. I'm guessing you're feeling even better about that proclamation coming off their latest comprehensive win over Washington. You know, as long as uh, Phillip Rivers is okay, and, you know, they took him out for a breather, and, and, I, and I get that. Uh, but I'll tell you what, they have a short week now. They go halfway across the country. They have to go and play uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in what could very, very well be the championship game of the AFC West. Because if you look at that after that, 
the Chargers are at the Jets and they have Oakland at home. The uh, the Chiefs have Miami at home and then they're at Denver. So I it's hard for me to imagine, um, you know, the loser of this game coming back and being able to win this division. Um, but what I really like about what I'm seeing in the Chiefs or in the Chargers right now is that they're playing both sides of the ball just as well. Uh, their defense is playing great. Uh, so, I, I mean, the Chargers, <clears throat> I don't care if <clears throat> if they have to go to New England, if they, have to go, if they have to go to Pittsburgh, they're going to give somebody a very, very tough 60 minutes, uh, depending on what happens. All right, Peter, Marvin Lewis, 15 seasons with the Bengals, 0-7 in the postseason. I mean, that, that, yeah. I mean, at some point, you know, where do you go? It's like now it's time for this organization to move past him. And, and it, with that in mind, what other coaches or hot coordinators are there out there? But, Nick, the, the big question is, the big question is, let's say you're Josh McDaniels. You're the hottest coach out there. But say the Giants might go to Steve Wilkes, the Carolina defensive coordinator, and who knows? I'm just throwing this out. I, I don't know. And let's say a couple of other teams make changes uh, and, and you don't get a job. And let's say you'd like to be a head coach. Would you go from the New England Patriots offensive coordinator to Cincinnati to be the head coach? I wouldn't. And, <clears throat> Nick, this is why the Bengals have kept Marvin Lewis for so long. It's a very simple reason. There aren't a lot of people who can coach in that organization and be happy and last because Mike Brown just runs a different kind of organization. So the whole key is, the absolute key to that issue is, in my, in my opinion, is could the Cincinnati Bengals do better and get a better coach than Marvin Lewis, knowing that most of the top candidates are not going to want to go to Cincinnati? Peter, as always, we appreciate the insights. We'll chat with you on Tuesday on NFL No Huddle. Enjoy the last two minutes of this marquee game between the Eagles and the Rams. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. The 11th Hour with Brian Williams. Tomorrow's headlines before they go to print. I've just been handed some great reporting. Tomorrow's questions before anyone's asked them. Could you make an obstruction case? Tomorrow's conversation tonight. Who is there to stand up to the boss and speak truth to power? Not a single person. The 11th Hour with Brian Williams. More than the day that was, it's the day that will be. Weeknights at 11 Eastern on MSNBC. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now let's focus on today's top headlines with Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Now it's time for NFL Network reporter Ian Rappaport. It's the rap sheet on the NFL on TuneIn. And let's start with some substantial injury updates. Let's begin in the blizzard in Buffalo. Nathan Peterman went down. What can you tell us about his status? Yeah, Nathan Peterman going down, taking a hard, hard hit, uh, obviously into the uh, into the snowbank. Uh, and and look, I mean the the fact that they the fact that they finished the game and uh, had the heroics that that they did was just unbelievable. Joe Webb coming back from the dead to win the game, but. Uh, Nathan Peterman goes now into the concussion protocol, and 
uh, certainly throws the Bills quarterback position into flux because remember, Tyrod Taylor was out this game with a bruised patellar tendon in his knee, had a chance to play, uh, but they ended up going with Peterman, and now Peterman once again out, and you know we've seen a ton of times this year, guy misses a one game with a concussion, so certainly possible you see Tyrod Taylor back at quarterback for the Bills next week because physically I think he'd be able to. And, you know, Amari Cooper came into the season uh, with a lot of optimism. His hands uh, were a little inconsistent uh, mm-hmm. so far this season, and he, he was a game-time situation with a nagging uh, ankle injury. We watched as he was attended to by the medical staff. What does this mean for the talented wide receiver who seems to not be able to get back on track with injuries? Yeah, another frustration for Amari Cooper. And, you know, it was interesting. There was so much uh, optimism about Amari Cooper. And, you know, on Thursday, they didn't think he was going to play. On Friday, they were like, ah, this guy could actually play. Today, they were like, he is good. He is ready to rock. And then all of a sudden, a different ankle injury got his, uh, got his ankle actually rolled up on ended up missing the game and needing medical attention. And uh, it was a brutal, brutal day for the Raiders. But the fact that, you know, look, it's a big game. It was probably their biggest game of the season thus far. The fact that their biggest offensive playmaker, not named Derek Carr, wasn't out there uh, was just was just crushing. And, um, you know, look, he hasn't had a good season. A lot of drops. Not what you want in a year where you could potentially looking for a new contract. Uh, and this was just another difficult situation for an ankle. And now they got to see you know, how bad that ankle actually is. Taking you around the league with Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, Ian Kenny Britt released by the Browns on Friday. So what's next for the wide receiver? Well, he has been on waivers. Uh, so he officially finds out his status on Monday at 4 p.m. That's when you find out, did he get claimed? Did he not? Is he going to become a free agent? And, you know, he had a huge contract, got $10.5 million from the Browns. So usually you'd say with a big contract, he wouldn't get claimed. But it's only about a million dollars, you know, left uh, in the season. And if you're a playoff team, you're a team that could use a big-time receiver. I don't know, maybe a team like the Jaguars, something like that. Got money, need a receiver in the playoff hunt. It's only a million dollars. I actually think he could get claimed. And, you know, he had a bad stint with the Browns, robbed him of a lot of money. But then with a new start, uh, he could actually be a pretty good addition for someone. Ian, the Texans had five players in the past two weeks to go down uh, with concussions. And, you know, where does the league go from there? I mean, could we actually see uh, the league add more players to the practice roster and maybe even the game day roster? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that. And, you know, remember, they've done this. They've added more players to the practice squad. It went from, uh, I think, 8 to 10 over the last couple of years. But adding guys to the game day roster is something that's been under discussion. Um, when they start talks for the new CBA, it might be under increased discussion. But, you know, they could do it anyway. They could say, you know what, like, we're just going to allow teams to have 48. And, you know, what would be the competitive disadvantage of that? I think that's one thing they could do. Another thing they could do is say, you know what, we've had some success with two guys being able to come back off injured reserve. How about four? How about unlimited? How about just. As many guys come back as they want, it just has to be eight weeks. Um, I, I would expect some form of roster flexibility uh, because you're right. I mean, now with teams more, much more wary and aware of concussions, we're seeing a lot more diagnosed, and, and that does put rosters, while, while helping make players safer, uh, it does put rosters at a difficult position.
Ian Rappaport is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. And let's focus on coaching news. Can you amplify your report from this morning on NFL Network about what's going on with Dirk Cutter and Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay? Yeah, you know, my understanding is that relationship is not in a great spot. Um, you know, they there's been some tension there. And, you know, I think for Winston, he was injured, had a shoulder injury, played through it from week two on, basically. And, you know, I'm not sure he really felt completely supported uh, as far as the coaching staff with his shoulder, he wasn't 100 percent and, you know, still obviously bore the brunt of criticism. And uh, then there's, you know, sort of the lack of imagination with the playbook. I mean, they have they have a lot of talent on the roster and they're just not performing well enough. And, uh, you know, my understanding is Jameis joins a, a series of offensive guys who wishes they were better. And, you know, that's uh, that's kind of where they are. And, and when. You have a season that's sort of a lost season, as the Bucks have, with a lot of expectations. Uh, I think everyone's trying to figure out why, and, and you know that relationship uh, is certainly a reason why. Finally, NFL owners meeting this week. What items will be on the agenda? Well, I think the the you know there's going to be some checkups. You'll probably find out uh, where the salary cap for 2018 is going to be. There'll be some international things. The competition committee will meet, but probably the most noteworthy is that there'll be a special meeting of just owners uh, that sort of Jerry Jones pushed for to discuss important league issues and get everyone in front of the uh, in front of the commissioner, just air it out. You know, are there problems with how people view the role of the commissioner, the league taking on investigations themselves? I mean, this is sort of the thing that, uh, you know, Jerry Jones pushed for, and now in a time when you usually don't get it, you're going to have a special meeting where everyone knows the goal is to come in and just, just say what you feel, uh, and I would expect a very active and interesting meeting. Ian, great information as always. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll chat with you on Wednesday on NFL No Huddle. Look forward to it. Thank you. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Long count. Matthews got it. Wants to throw. Looks right. Comes middle. Throws. It is caught. Take five. Take two. Take one. Take it. So touchdown Detroit Lions. Hi, Lions fans. It's me, Tori Petrie. Hey, it's me, Lomas Brown here. We're the hosts of the Tori and Lomas podcast right here on TuneIn. found the angle to the house, and the Lions are right back in it. Tune in on Wednesdays as we break down the Lions' last game and preview the game coming up. We'll see you there. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Welcoming in Mick Mixon, radio voice of the Carolina Panthers. Mick, we appreciate you taking the time after that 31-24 victory over Minnesota. What did the fourth quarter tell you about the tenacity of the Panthers today? Good to hear your voice, Brian. I appreciate it. I couldn't say no to being on your show. Your producer stalked me for a few days, <laughs> all kind of text and everything, so it's a joy, and thanks. thankfully, at least for Panther Nation, we're talking about a Carolina win. I think I think it just tells you a lot about the resolve of this team. This was the, a team that the – or a game, rather, that the glass-jawed 2016 Panthers with six losses by three or fewer points might have figured out a way not to win, but Carolina closed the deal even after letting the Vikings get back in. And Minnesota's a good club. I mean, these were two NFC heavyweights, and it was a great theater at Bank of America Stadium today. Mick, Nick Ferguson here. When we look at the Carolina Panthers, this was a defense that was kind of pieced together by Ron Rivera and was one of the top units that helped them get to Super Bowl 50. Now, you look over the past four weeks, 
They have surrendered 21 points. Even that today surrendered 24 points to the Minnesota Vikings. Is that somewhat of a concern for this team that seems to be ready for a playoff push? Well, we could use some depth at safety. Coach Rivera wanted me to ask you how many birthdays you had, Nick, and if, you're, if you could maybe give us some third down, at least, you know, some situational football down here. Well, I, hey, listen, tell Coach Rivera, uh, call, give me a call. I definitely could come in on third downs. <laughs> we probably have to call 911. <laughs> but, um, no, I know uh, I remember your playing career, and it's it's great to hear your voice. I think that uh, that this Panther defense – it's pretty salty. Uh, we the, there there are some gray beards in the back end with Mike Adams and uh, and Kurt Coleman, and then the young corners, the three young cornerbacks that that kind of add to to some enthusiasm to the mix. And sometimes you know the young corners they they're still learning, so they don't know what they don't know. But and and Minnesota, you know, it's we'd be we'd journalistic balance suggests that we also got to talk about a little bit about the Vikings because, you know, Thielen dropped a couple. The Panthers played well today but also got a little bit fortunate that Minnesota wasn't quite as sharp as they had been. Spotlighting the Panthers' victory over the Vikings with Mick Mixon, radio voice of the Carolina Panthers. Mick, what has Christian McCaffrey meant to this offense in his first year in the NFL? Let's ask nine the comparisons to <laughs> Alvin Kamara and the NFC South, I mean, two different type players with different QBs and different systems, different cities. But by any measured analysis, <laughs> Brian, excuse me, McCaffrey's been incredible. I mean, this guy is an old school, any era, versatile football player. He's a handful without the ball, a willing blocker, very soft hands, catches most everything. And he's got this unique ability to take a play above the level of its blocking. And the Panthers are, are – he's so versatile that I halfway expect him to knock on the door of the press box one of these games and say, Coach sent me up here to broadcast the play-by-play -play in the third quarter. But we hope, I hope that doesn't happen. Well, Mick, watch out. As you know, he's a Stanford grad, and we're quite loquacious as a Cardinal alum. But Nick has more questions to tee you up for. Well, Mick, here's a big issue for me. Uh, you know, the Carolina Panthers move away from Kelvin Benjamin, and Devin Funches becomes a go-to guy. And as you move forward into the playoffs, you're going to face uh, defensive units that have, you know, multiple corners to kind of throw out Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers offense. Which guy opposite Devin Funchins could end up being a big play receiver when Cam needed the most? Fantastic question. I love it. We, <laughs> If you'd asked me a couple weeks ago, Nick, I would have said Curtis Samuel. But Samuel's, Samuel's out. He got, <laughs> excuse me, he got nicked up. So so now we're looking for a few good men. I think that Demir Bird has potential. He's just now back from an, a wrist injury. Uh, Kalen Clay is more than just a guy. He can run. And then the Panthers have enviable depth at tight end with Greg Olson coming back today, joining Ed Dixon and Chris Manhurst. So I think there are enough weapons, although we really don't have that proven, you know, that, that, that book in. Because Funches is a strider, natural split in. So we're kind of still looking for that slot receiver that, that could be a future star in the NFL. Mick, you know how it works in professional sports. You can only savor a victory for so long, even as a broadcaster. So what's the outlook for next Sunday, a marquee matchup against the Packers? Aaron Rodgers could be paying you a visit in Charlotte a week from today. Yeah, what are you guys hearing on that? I mean, I watched 
the end of the Browns game. So the Packers, I assume, are still in it. And, and as long as that's true, Rodgers will play if he can. That's correct. With the win, they're now 7-6, and six, so still mathematically alive in the wild card chase in the NFC. Well, I don't think it would be very wise for Rodgers to play. I think he should let that <laughs> collarbone just give one more week just to make doubly sure and then roll, roll it out after that. Mick, we appreciate the generosity of your spirit. I'm sure Rogers will appreciate the kind words. Always a pleasure. Hope you and your family enjoy the holidays. And I'll tell our producer, no more text until Carolina makes the playoffs, okay? <laughs> no, y'all call anytime, Brian and Nick. I appreciate it. And thanks for the coverage you give the Carolina Panthers. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And we'll be right back with more after this. Listen to Tune In on your time with Tune In On Demand. Jumping on a flight or planning a long road trip? Download episodes of your favorite podcasts or audiobooks. And enjoy hours of great audio content no matter where you are. When you're ready to escape, head to your favorites, hit play, and listen. With or without a Wi-Fi connection. Featuring top podcasts and audiobooks in every genre, save your data with TuneIn On Demand. Download your favorites today. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We're back on NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Cordell Stewart's takeaways from Sunday's action. Partner, let's start with your takeaways from that wild game between the Panthers and the Vikings. It's a win for Carolina. What stood out to you? Well, I'll tell you what. The the thing is, is what you and I talked about on our show, which was how could this team play coming from behind? They end up getting within, what, 11, without being down by 11, being able to score a few touchdowns within two minutes or so. Uh, but yet, if you go throughout this entire football game, tons of penalties. Um, you're looking at three players on the offensive line that was injured, five drops by the receivers, Case Keenan with interceptions and also getting the ball batted out of his hand to cause a fumble, had two, two, two throws thrown to Thielen that he dropped in the end zone and digs. The same thing. So this was a very uncharacteristic uh, uh, performance, I think, by this team. But most importantly, the defense. They ended up giving a big, giving up a big touchdown run by Jonathan Stewart, and then you had a chance to see Cam Newton at the latter part of that game, uh, putting off, a, carrying off, and getting a 65-yard run, which allowed Jonathan Stewart to actually put the ball up in the air like he was Michael Jordan jumping from the free throw line to get the touchdown to get the go-ahead win. But still lost. I mean, think of all of that that the Minnesota Vikings did in that game. They still had an opportunity to win. So I'm not necessarily discouraged, but a lot to learn from when it comes down to how do you play on the road, how do you not make those mistakes when playing against a good football team like Carolina, so that if you get into that position as you move forward into the postseason, how will you be able to respond understanding that you can't do these types of things, and if you do, hopefully draw from this experience and maybe come away with a victory next time. Cordell, there are reports that Jameis Winston and Dirk Cutter, they are not getting along. And uh, if you remember, this was the same uh, story that led to Lovey Smith being uh, sending, given his walking papers, the fact that Dirk Cutter had a better relationship with Jameis Winston. If that is the case, that those two are not getting along, uh, what's the end game for Dirk Cutter? Well, I mean, you have to assume your future is Jameis Winston. Every every other player, every other player slash coach can be replaced when you really put everything into one player. Um, you know, I, I tell you what, man, it's it's a crazy league when it comes down to coaches and players having good relationships. And the last thing you want to hear is a head coach and a quarterback not getting along and knowing that the quarterback is the future of this franchise and and a coordinator slash now head coach 
that came from that position uh, is now going to battle with his quarterback. That That is not a good look. goes to show you how dysfunctional this team is. But most importantly, you see how inconsistent they've been. The inconsistency derives from them not being on the same page, the behavior of going back with Jameis Winston in New Orleans and, and hit one of the players and taunt one of the players. Just, just all the antics and everything that doesn't derive around good football. I think you're seeing with this Tampa Bay football team. And it's not just that. It's a combination of a lot of things. And when you have that, you hope, you hope the organization can get to a point where they figure out what's the problem and hopefully can move forward from there because it's a good football team, but for some reason there's not the leadership on that football team that they need to be able to be successful, especially when playing in the NFC South. Taking you around the league with our friend Cordell Stewart. Join us tomorrow every weekday as we take you around the league on NFL No Huddle. We kick off weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern. Among our scheduled guests tomorrow, the Viking defensive great, John Randall. Looking forward to our latest conversation with the Hall of Famer. Partner, last one for me, comprehensive victory for Dallas on the road, the Meadowlands for win number seven for Dallas. They play Oakland next week, and then looking ahead, Ezekiel Elliott's coming back in a couple weeks. How much are you buying the Cowboys as a real contender for a wild card? Well, you know how I feel about the Cowboys. I've always said if they can hold on long enough for Ezekiel Elliott to come back, they'll have an opportunity. But when you look throughout the, the, the National Football League, particularly in the NFC, uh, you see the battle that's taking place with the loss of the New Orleans Saints with a great win today uh, by this Carolina Panthers football team. And also, you know, obviously the Atlanta Falcons being on the better end of that stick in that loss and that win they had against New Orleans Saints. So that's a division uh, that we can have a conversation about three guys maybe coming out of there, but I will assume that there will only be two. Uh, when you look at the West, uh, you see what's taking place over there in that part of the division. You see the Seattle Seahawks, you see the Rams and what they're doing right now. Uh, you have to assume that there's going to be a wild card team coming out of there. And then when you look at, obviously, uh, when you look at the NFC North, uh, you see the Green Bay Packers squeak one out today with Aaron Rodgers coming back to have an opportunity to finish off uh, the rest of these last three games, having to travel on the road to play against the Carolina Panthers football team, Aaron Rodgers at the helm. So it's going to be tough. Uh, you know how it goes when it comes down to the schematics of how you can get in. Uh, whether it's through the division, through the conference, or even the power, the power of your schedule, uh, the scheduling process, I think they have a chance. They just need to take care of their business, and I think it started today uh, with being able to get a win against this Giants football team. You saw uh, Des Bryant get a big run after a catch, making a guy miss and taking it to the house. He didn't look as, I guess you can say, old or slow as he did because he, he got some separation. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Catch all new episodes of some of your favorite podcasts early with TuneIn First Play. With more than 30 First Play podcasts on TuneIn, you can listen to new episodes from some of your favorite shows before they're available anywhere else. Hey there, it's Mike Rowe. This is The Way I Heard It, the only podcast for the curious mind. With a short attention span, we're at episode number 83, incredibly. I'm Jack Hitt. And I'm Chinjirai Kumanyika. This is Uncivil. Where we ransack America's history. And discover that the past is never really past. From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. And beaming out across all of space and time. This is Star Talk. Where science and pop culture collide. Search First Play Podcasts and listen early, listen often, and listen today.
This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast with the intersection of football and physics. It's time for the Playing with Science Checkdown, where science and sports collide. Pleased to be joined once more by our friends Chuck Nice and Dr. Eric Goff. Chuck, take it away. Hey, Brian, thank you so much, man. Well, you know, everybody loves football in the snow. I love watching it from the warmth of my own couch, and I know you got a great play for us that involves that. I do as I lean over to hit play. A reminder, you can catch every new episode of Playing with Science and the entire Star Talk lineup one week early, only on TuneIn. It was a winter wonderland in western New York. Nathan Peterman went to Kelvin Benjamin in a blizzard in Buffalo. Guys, as I send it back to you, I need to hear the details of the drag coefficient of the snow. <laughs> hey, you know, the, the funny thing is that uh, snow really does make a difference when it comes to playing football. And, Eric, I know the visuals on this probably didn't look as impressive as all the information that comes when you're talking about football in the snow. So tell us what we got. Okay, Chuck, first some quick facts about playing football in the snow. Snow can reduce friction forces on shoes by 30%. The players can't run with long strides or they risk slipping. A football brought from a warm locker room can lose a couple PSI because air molecules aren't bouncing around inside the ball as much. And the 30-degree air in Buffalo today was about 9% denser than air in a balmy 75-degree stadium. And that added air density makes for more air resistance on passes. What made Benjamin's TD happen was some great snow physics. The Colts rushed four, but left defensive end Margus Hunt slipped and fell forward in the snow, leaving no rush on the Bills' right side and no defender in the way to swat the pass. Bills quarterback Nathan Peterman released a slippery football at 45 miles an hour and 21 degrees above the horizontal. Just 1.4 seconds later, Kelvin Benjamin, who only reached about 11 miles per hour before crossing the goal line, caught the pass. He had padded gloves on that helped increase friction on the ball. Using both hands, Benjamin caught the ball while it was moving about 41 miles an hour. Colts cornerback Christopher Milton got turned around and didn't have enough shoe friction in the snow to close the gap and stop Benjamin from making the catch. Benjamin wasn't running at top speed because of his shorter strides in the snow, Chuck, but slippery snow physics hurt the Colts' defense. Uh, There you have it. So, uh, Brian, I'm sure it's very difficult for you to believe, but science proves it. Playing in the snow, very slippery. Chuck, (laughs) if you and the doctor say it, I believe it. Enjoy your Sunday. We'll chat with you next week on First and Goal. That was the Playing With Science Checkdown. Make sure to check out the Playing With Science podcast with new episodes premiering one week early, all free, only on TuneIn. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Hey guys, you're listening to Dumb People Town on TuneIn, and since we're new here, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about our show. We have dumb ears on the ground. Our fans send in stories that have happened, real stories that happen, and along with our co-host, we Dan, try to break down that material with Dan Van Dan Kirk. Van Kirk, our co-host, breaks it down, and then us and a guest, we and a guest, break it all down, and we try and make it funny for you. It is a fast hour, and you will enjoy it. It's a riff. Silly. You can hear episodes of our show uh, a full week early right here on TuneIn. 
Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's celebrate individual achievement with Nick's picks. You're listening to NFL First and Goal on TuneIn. It's time for Nick's Picks. My game is so tight it rocks a defense to sleep, making them think the drama is dead while I smile up in the face, even though I'm plotting instead. LaShawn McCoy found footing in the snowy Buffalo winter wonderland. 32 carries, 158 yards, one touchdowns as the Bills postseason hopes stay alive. Slow down. You don't want to jump the gun and inhale this flow like a puncture lung. Stand there and watch me flex my guns. Jonathan Stewart, 16 carries, 103 yards, three rushing touchdowns as the Panthers playoff hopes have a pulse. If the scheme's not working, I'm going to find me a person, catch him while he's sleeping, and burn him out in the open. DeAndre Hopkins, 10 receptions, 144 yards, and two touchdowns. That's Nick's Picks. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. TuneIn, your everything audio app.